humans who are back to listen to another episode of Dear Dio Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. As you know, my name is Michael Garrison. I am the host of Dear Dio Podcast. I am a Dio. I am a neurology resident, and I am here to give you a little bit of peace of mind about the crazy life journey that is medical school, residency, pre-med, becoming this thing called a doctor, maybe? Um, So last week we talked with Ashley Hamadi, Dr. Ashley Hamadi, and she is a dynamo, right? Like she is amazing. And that conversation was super long. And so I had to cut it into two parts. So this week we are going to talk about the fact that residency is a marathon. It is not a sprint. We're going to start off with a day in the life of a PGY1 OBGYN resident. And that beginning conversation is more suited towards those of you who are curious about OBGYN, what the schedule is like, what to expect maybe if you're going on auditions, um, if you're going to match OBGYN, maybe if you are just now starting an OBGYN. Um, But then, you know, we start to talk about more things that I think everyone can kind of relate to, and I think that I needed this conversation as well. Um, So we talk about working out in residency. This is something that I am moving through right now as I am three weeks into residency myself. I have still found time even when I was on medical ICU, like I mentioned in this episode, um, I still found time to go to the gym. I still found time to go for walks. So it's not impossible. And I think that Residency makes you really figure out that, yes, you are working 70 to 80 hours in a week, um, but you always have one or two hours when you get home. And if you don't, if you are getting home just in time for you to get eight hours of sleep to wake up the next morning and go to work, then just go to sleep and don't feel any guilt about not working out. If it didn't work out that day, totally fine. Um, Get out while you can at work, so don't linger around um, if you don't have to be there. Um, That was like the main thing that I think I was told during residency orientation was if you are done with everything and you can leave, then leave. Like there's no reason to stay around. Um, And with that, me and Ashley talk about staying healthy in residency. When you're healthy, you feel your best, you perform your best, or your most authentic and personable and warm self when you're feeling good. And so why not stay healthy while you're in residency so that whether that's eating well, working out, drinking water, avoiding things like alcohol, um, that might be the secret to sanity in residency. And I'm figuring this out as we speak. She also talks about what to pack in a 24-hour shift. This is something that I've seen floating throughout the internet the past couple of weeks. And so I really hope that y'all are going to listen to this and take notes and tell your friends what to pack in a 24-hour shift. And the hint is that it is lots of snacks. (laughs) So we also talk about the best investment that you can make in residency, and I don't have the money for it right now, but pending, pending this investment. She gives the best resources for an OBGYN audition or for starting PGY1 as an OBGYN resident, 
And then small wellness activities. We kind of end the episode talking about music. So if you are a music junkie like me and Ashley Hamadi, then you will love the ending. Um, And I hope that you love it anyway, even if you're not a music junkie. And so with that, guys, we're going to do a small ad break. But before that, I just want to give a shout out to my Instagram at dear.do.pod. Go ahead and send me all of your questions. Um, If something happened to you this week or last week and you just want some advice on it, send it my way and I will definitely talk with you about it. Or if you want me to chat with maybe somebody else like Dr. Harrell or um, Ashley Hamadi and we can talk about it on the podcast anonymously if you would like. That is totally cool, too. You can give me a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I hope you're doing okay. So we will be right back. So walk me through what your day is like as a PGY1 OBGYN resident. I'm super curious about this. So, um, of course, every program is different, and one um, in your, your one at my program, we have two daytime labor and delivery months, two night L&D shifts. The first night is going to be sometime in the fall and you'll be with a fourth year or, and a third year for two weeks and two weeks respectively just to kind of have an extra set of hands with you. And then in the spring after, you know, December 31st, you are solo. You are flying solo. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> um, so they kind of split them in that realm. And then we have a pretty robust uh, ultrasound curriculum. So we have an ultrasound month at doctors and an ultrasound month at Grant. And then we also have three off-service rotations as interns. We have, for my year, it changed for this year. They got rid of the NICU one and they put them on MFM, which I think is a great change. I will tell you more about that in a bit. But um, I had NICU, emergency medicine, and trauma surgery SICU, which was an absolute Baja blast on Christmas and New Year's. (laughs) Oh, my God. But a typical day. So I'm on, uh, and then we have two surgery months, so GYN surgery. I'm on GYN surgery right now. And so a typical day is we sign out at 6 a.m. And as much as I would love to be a morning gym person, I am not, especially when we sign out at six in the morning. So (laughs) I value my sleep a lot and I end up waking up when I can just have enough time to make some coffee, uh, take my dog out and hop on over to work. It's about a 12 minute drive. And then it's from six to 5 p.m. is when we sign out to the night team. And a typical day if we have scheduled surgery cases, if they are minor cases, then I am the primary surgeon, meaning sometimes the attending doesn't even scrub it. And I just do the entire thing. They are right there next to me. They are right there guiding the whole entire process. But if it is a minor surgery, the uh, surgery junior, which is me, the intern gets to do it. And then we also have robotics cases, which are of course more complex. So I do have a surgery senior. um, Actually it's Molly. And um, Yo's wife. Um, and oh my gosh! And uh, she's my senior, and so she's been lo- wonderful about really wanting me to get hands-on in the OR. And with cases like in the robots, we have to do ten roomies, which is a uterine manipulator. And so once we get those ten, then we can start being first assist and like doing further, more advanced parts in the surgery. And so with all the roomie cases, I've already gotten my ten now, and. So I'll get to be first assisting. This is my last week, but I will be getting to. And, you know, we'll be in those cases as well. We also carry the pager, which is responsible for all of the ER consults. Oh, wow. 
And, you know, some days we don't get any and some days we get five. So it just yep. kind of depends on the day. Um, and if there's nothing going on in, from a surgical standpoint, then I go up to the labor and delivery floor and I am side hoe or side house officer. <laughs> so I help whoever the labor and delivery resident is. And again, since it's the springtime, all of us interns are rolling into second year they do not have a labor and delivery senior. So right now our team consists of myself, a third year, usually a third or a fourth year, but at this point she's almost a fourth year. And then uh, another intern who's on L&D. That's the team. And then there's one intern on nights. That is a busy, busy day. And you don't get back for a while. So how do you make time for like working out if you're not a morning gym person? Um, I got very lucky and I found a gym that is 300 feet away from my uh, condo and it's open 24 hours. So, and I also found a yoga studio that I really love in Columbus and I go there whenever I can. I try to make it a point to get out on time to the best of my ability. You know, of course, as long as there's not, like I'm not smack in the middle of a surgery case or like, leaving the night with an absolute disaster, like absolutely not. But my mentality is stabilize the chaos, whatever chaos you walk into, stabilize it. And one of my favorite seniors who I actually, that's where I'd come from this evening was I went to get ice cream with a very close friend of mine who is now a graduating senior and she's moving to DC. She was my night senior and she helped her first two words to me when on nights were my love languages at work are uh, punctuality and efficiency. <laughs> so guess who was like 10 minutes early to literally every shift myself. So we definitely just tried to get everything as organized as possible. And she really taught me a lot about efficiency and how to be thorough, but you know, you have to be efficient. You, as much as you would love to spend an hour in a room with a patient, you don't have that luxury. There's not enough hours in the day. You have to learn how to be efficient. And so she really taught me a lot about how to do that. And I think it's really helped my skill set to this, to this level. Cause I mean, my co-intern and I were out of there by five fifteen. We signed out at five, signed out, hasta la bye-bye. And there's been some days where I have stayed until around seven or 8 PM. Um, but those are not, I hopefully knock on wood. Those won't be many because you do have a life outside of residency and my senior even said that today. She's like, you know, you have a life. You have to take care of you. And sometimes when I get home, I'm not going to lie. I have to sit and stare into the void and just kind of get myself the motivation. But I think one thing that's helped me is since running's already been such a big part of my life, I have been signing up for little half marathons and marathons here and there. So giving myself something that I paid for to train for has helped kind of they're like, okay, you have a race coming up. You don't want to be having a sad beer at the end of it. Like get your butt to the gym and go train. Like you also just feel better when you're healthy. Like you just feel a lot better and more energized and more calm, cool, collected, able to function when you actually take care of yourself. And so whether that's fueling yourself with healthy food or going to the gym, I mean, making that little time for you is, is crucial. Now, that being said, there are some times when I am just so darn tired. For example, yesterday, I got home at 5.15-ish, 5.15, and I, you know, fed my dog, and then I said, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm a little tired, though. Let me take a 30-minute nap. 
I laid on my couch at 6.03. I woke up at 1.22 a.m. <laughs> on my couch, in my scrubs. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to go to actual bed. Yeah. And my dog was looking at me with this, you really screwed up, mom, kind of look on her face. Just this disdain. <laughs> you needed it, though. You needed that rest. Well, I was on, I made a stupid decision. I was on call this Saturday, a 24 hour call. And, um, uh, my boyfriend and I went to a baseball game in Cincinnati, which is an hour and a half away on Sunday. And it was at one thirty. So oh was my gosh. Sleep. I did get to sleep on my call shift, but still it was, it was, a uh, rough and the sun was beaming down on us. And so I was a very, very, very drained from the sun. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, what do you pack for a 24 hour shift? Um, so they give us little cubbies when we're at work and I usually just keep some basic toiletries. Like I have a little hairbrush. I have dry shampoo, toothbrush, toothpaste. I always have that. Um, because Columbus is a very nice big city, they do have those luxuries such as DoorDash and Uber Eats, unfortunately of which I am a very big fan, (laughs) but I always do bring like, um, Celsius with me. I love my Celsius. Unfortunately, I've gotten in the habit of having a coffee and a Celsius in the same day. Oh but my you gosh. Need it. You need it. And like sometimes I'm so tired, I just need it. <laughs> um, I bring easy snacks. So a lot of my snacks end up being cucumbers and fruit. And I sound like such a rabbit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I sound like a rabbit, but I, I like healthy food a lot. So I bring things like that. And then there's these like uh, Buddha bowls that you can get um, from Kroger that have like chickpeas and quinoa and things like that. So if I make something that I have leftovers for, I'll usually bring that with me. Unfortunately, my dog was taking her sweet time on Saturday, so I didn't really have time to make myself something. So I ended up door dashing things to the hospital. DoorDash- totally fine too. Fall shift is a game changer. It's amazing. So <laughs> I I need to steer clear. Like I, I think that that's a slippery slope for me. Um <laughs> Cause I am the kind of person like I love fruits and vegetables. Like I, if I had a preference, like somebody like handed me like either a pizza or like a, a quinoa Buddha bowl, I would pick the quinoa Buddha bowl every single time. Um, but that being said, when I'm like just dead tired, like I need to make sure that I'm, I'm setting myself up for healthier decisions. Um, it's really easy to do so too. I mean, I think if you already go in with that kind of mindset and just understanding that you may not always have the same amount of time to go and work out for two hours, like you may have in med school. I don't know who the heck had two hours to work out every day in med school, but like if you have, I mean, generally speaking, you'd have at least an hour every day to yourself for free time. I mean, if you manage your time appropriately with med school, you can have an hour every day. Totally. Whether it's working out or watching a movie doesn't matter residency you do day start early and there's not a guarantee that you're going to get out on time every single time I mean for the most part we do a pretty good job about doing that but at the same time you may be exhausted you may have had a very trying day and then on top of that like adult responsibilities I have a pet I have to take her out I have to make sure she's fed and loved and then I have other things I need to take care of like this massive mound of laundry (laughs) that I need to take care of and so you kind of have to, and then maybe you want to get food or a drink with your friend. Well, you also want to work out and you also have to read for your education and you have to kind of prioritize like, and you also need sleep. So, I mean, you have to prioritize and kind of 
manage your time well and really pick and choose, okay, this is the time I have. This is how I'm feeling. What can I accomplish in a way that's not going to make me feel more drained? Yeah. And there's only 24 hours in a day. So have patience with yourself. Some, some a piece of advice that I heard this week during orientation from a now PGY2 on Saturday, um, she said, like, no matter how tired you are when you get home, just do three things around the house um, that you would have that you would otherwise put off on your on your day off. So like whether that's the laundry, like fold a little bit of laundry, do the dishes, pick up after yourself that way, like on your day off, you're actually spending it doing things that you enjoy rather than all of your household chores, which she said that. And I was like, you are speaking to me. I know you are. Yeah. As you, I mean, you have to, it's, I will say they're like probably one of the best investments that I would recommend for anybody in residency. If you are able to getting a maid cleaning service to come once every two weeks, it's a game changer. Ooh. It is, it's worth every penny. A couple of my co-residents do it as well. And it is worth every penny because my dog sheds like a fiend and I am a clean freak. And so I don't always have time. I have a two floor condo and a third floor, which is just a garage for my car. And so I don't always have time to go and clean all the toilets and like scrub down everything and dust everything and vacuum. I don't always have time to do that. I make my bed every single day. I've done that since I was a little kid, but like sometimes you just do not have that time. And I'm sorry on my day off, I want to do something on my day off. So yeah. I use a maid service and it's been great. They come every two weeks and they change my bedding for me and vacuum and clean and let my dog out for me while I'm at work. So that has been a game changer. I'm going to think about that. <laughs> I'm going to seriously, seriously think about that. Um, a couple, like two more questions. What are your best resources for somebody coming into OBGYN, either through in, the, in their auditions or in PGY1? I would say that little red book. I can't remember the author of it, but that's that little red book. If you search OBGYN little red book on Amazon, it is the size that would fit into your scrub pocket. It has everything on there and it came in handy on audition because I had to, I got to first assist for a PD at one of the programs. And then at the end of me first assisting, she asked me to basically dictate the C-section start to finish. And I was able to do it because I like was reading in that little book. So that is super, super helpful. I would also say if you can get, I think ACOG memberships, they do offer free ones for students. And so some of the practice bulletins about bread and butter cases. So like managing a labor, learning about the medications that we give in managing labor. So like Pitocin or sorry, I'm a little bit allergy ridden <laughs> and air quality index is terrible. So I'm sorry if I sound terrible right now. Um, there's also like preeclampsia, bread and butter things that you'll see, chorioninitis, basic cases that you would see as buzzwords. Look at the practice bulletins and see what the recommendations are. And those kind of things will also help. And there's also a great podcast that a lot of our education gets pulled from. It's called Creogs Over Coffee. It's fantastic. And you can listen to it while you're in the car. Sometimes if it's the ed one of the educational things that we do every morning. So yeah, Monday through Thursday, we have a reading and Wednesday is actually formal didactics. It's three hours protected didactic time, but like Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, um, our education chief will send us readings or a podcast to listen to for one of the days. And we'll discuss them with questions after sign out. And 
sometimes if it's a podcast, I'll just put it on when I'm getting ready for bed or getting ready in the morning. And they're very easy to listen to. And they're done by two MFM fellows at Brown. So they're, I believe they're Brown, but they're excellent. Beautiful. And last question before the final Rex um, is what, what was your most proud moment from PGY one? Oh man, there's been a lot of really gratuitous moments, I would say. But I think one of the most important ones was just the other day, actually, we there's a huge diverse population of various language speaking individuals in Columbus. We actually have, I think now, maybe the number one Somali speaking population. And the running joke is uh, my last name's Hamadi and the Marty iPad thingies are the interpreters, like the orange iPads. And so the running joke, my PD calls me, can we borrow the Hamardi? Cause I'm fluent in Spanish. So, <laughs> so they'll sometimes just borrow me to, to be a live interpreter. <laughs> and we had, um, we had a Spanish speaking patient last weekend and she unfortunately was having a miscarriage and I worked her up and I have an incredible, an incredible attending on with me who's a very strong mentor for me. And I just remember the patient she's been going through this for a month and it still hasn't passed. And she just wanted definitive management. And I was able to not only communicate with her in her own language, which is huge. If you know another language, good God, invest in Rosetta Stone because it makes all the difference. The iPads are obnoxious and things do get lost in translation despite having a fluent interpreter on the screen. It's better to have someone in person. It's so awkward. So she just made a point to just give both my attending and I hugs because she actually felt understood. And then whenever her and her family came in on actually Monday, yesterday for her surgery, everything went smoothly and she was just so, they were just so grateful. And I, I don't know, I don't want to sound like a God complex at all, but it's just whenever you know you did everything you could for a patient and sometimes medicine's thankless work, but occasionally you get really, really lovely individuals who make a point to tell you that. And as an intern, you literally feel like you know nothing half the time. And <laughs> truth be told, you don't know anything. So it's okay. But you actually feel like now looking back versus where I was at the beginning of the year, I didn't think I could run an entire floor by myself. Like I remember I was on nights and we had just signed out and I literally ran from one delivery room to the next one because they were both complete and both pushing and the other one was more complete than the other one was. So I was like, be right back. You hang tight. I delivered the baby, put the baby on, clamped and cut. I'm like, all right, good over here. I ran back to the other one, put gloves on, like just went, was running like a mad woman. And I think really my entire month of nights was probably my proudest moment because I had to run the floor by myself. I also had to teach a medical student with me from OUHCOM. We have students from OSU and OUHCOM come to our um, hospitals as med students all the time as they're. So I also had to teach while I was running a service by myself, had the vocera and the pager, and it was, I walked into a dumpster fire. That's so cool. So it was, you know, we have to stabilize the chaos. It's you, you put the fires out where you can and do what you can. And I think when your attendings also make a point to, point out to you, hey, you did a really good job on this. And our attendings are amazing. They they really do make a point to give you feedback and not to make you feel inferior, but feedback that actually 
points out the good things too. Because of course you're going to get feedback of don't do this. This is wrong. You learn from that, of course, but it's also like a really, really good educator will also give you positive feedback because remember positive reinforcement, you're going to want to do the same thing over again. It's like Pavlov's dog bell rings. Oh, that means I get a treat. I did this good. Oh, I'm going to do this again. It's the same exact mentality. So I think those moments were huge for me. I know that's not really super specific, but this whole year's kind of been a whirlwind. And I feel as though every day it's like two steps forward, one step back, but at least in some way, shape or form, I'm going forward. Yeah. It's a net positive. I mean, there's been moments, I'm not going to lie. Residency's tough in the sense of, you know, five of my closest friends from DCOM, like none of them are in Columbus. So that's been an adjustment, making sure to make time to keep in touch with them. We've done a really good job with it, but it still is tough. You don't have those same people. You have to make new people. And it's also, you're working all the time. And that's really, really tough. You work long hours. And I mean, OB is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a tough, rigorous, hardworking surgical field. And it's now become as competitive as ENT and ortho. And it's like, I know leaping over each other to get into it. And it's an amazing field with incredible patient population and incredible opportunity for growth. But I think truthfully knowing that this is not an easy road, no matter what you do. I mean, if I could tell anybody anything, don't go into any field wanting to do just the subspecialty, go into it at baseline, liking the field itself, because not saying you're not going to get fellowship. I absolutely believe anyone can get a fellowship if they put their mind to it, but you have to like the generalist work. You have to like it. And if you don't like it, you're going to be miserable for how many years? Residency is four years for me. So I'm glad I like what I do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't love internal medicine and I have to do that for eight months, but um, I've heard that the medical ICU is really fun. So I'm excited to start there on Saturday. Usually trauma surgery was one of my favorite rotations I did. It, I mean, if I could do OB trauma, I would do it. I mean, you, you kind of know about the safe project and stuff, but like there were... We didn't see as many uh, domestic violence cases, but we did see one domestic violence case on a pregnant patient and she was on our ICU because it, it was awful. But I was so grateful to be able to be there. But, you know, as a off service intern, basically, you're basically running the service by yourself. Like, yeah, an off service intern running trauma surgery. And then I took gen search call. It was rolling 24s for a month. Um, it was, it was brutal. And one night I think I pronounced six people dead on one shift. And so that was like, as someone who's in a typically pretty happy field, you know what I mean? Like OB is typically a happy field when it's bad, it's really bad. But for the most part, you're delivering babies and, or taking someone's uterus out that's had terrible bleeding for a long time and they're miserable. For the most part, it's a pretty happy field. This was not a very happy month and that is completely okay. But I learned so much and the attendings taught me so much that even though it was not really my wheelhouse, there was so much knowledge gained from that, that I was able to kind of apply to what I do, whether it was efficiency, whether it was knowing how to manage my time and whether it was also learning how to communicate with a patient that is intubated. That's also difficult too, because they're not going to respond to you the same way <laughs> someone awake will. No, if at all, if at all. Um, so this brings us to the final Rex segment of the show. This is where 
This is where you send our listeners off with something that you really love that you want to send them home with. Um, this can be literally anything medicine or non-medicine related. Um, whatever you're feeling right now, go ahead. Man, I've been thinking about this all day, <laughs> really. I would say make yourself a nice trip somewhere you've never been before and do something wild. At the beginning of this podcast, before we started recording, Michael and I were talking about Bonnaroo Music Festival. Well, one of my vacations that I chose to do this fall is going to Red Rocks and going to see the Arctic Monkeys. Because maybe concerts aren't your thing, that's totally fine. But if you've never been to Bonnaroo, it's awesome. And it's the happiest people alive romping around this farm in the middle of Manchester, Tennessee, where in one day you can see my morning jacket and corn and grizz and then Foo Fighters. And it's just, it's so crazy and it's wonderful. And I think everyone should at least experience it once. You don't have to camp though. If you don't want to camp and you don't want to get eaten alive by mosquitoes, which is me, and you like a shower at the end of the night, also me, get an Airbnb. But I think if you had to do one thing for vacation, go to a music festival, do something sporadic and have an absolute blast with it because you actually get PTO. Use it wisely. Get to do something fun for yourself. Yeah. I mean, and you get days off despite what other people say, you know, in the residency. I'm, I'm really excited for my first day off. It's July 6th. Yeah. I there is a music festival in St. Augustine that I was thinking about going to, but I don't have anyone to go with. That's all. I would fly down if I wasn't on nights. Let's <laughs> start nights on set on Sunday. Oh my gosh. Well, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh but I've I've gone to I went to Warp Tour in undergrad by myself. It was a weird experience, but I went and it was I saw 303 by myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. The um don't trust to host song. Yes, that that did that was played. One hundred percent, that was played. But my only regret is, um, Simple Plan was headlining it, and I was so sunburned by like it was four p.m. and I was so sunburned, and they didn't go on until seven thirty. I w- I was like, I can't, I cannot sit out here in the sun for another three and a half hours listening to bands that I don't like in order to listen to Simple Plan, like. I can listen. I'm just a kid on the way home. Yeah. You know, sometimes like in your car, when you're driving home on your little drive from work, or if you're crazy like me and you only live a couple blocks from the hospital and you walk to work in the dark. Oops. Um, I totally do that. Uh, I don't listen to music when I walk in the dark, but when I drive, I have a live concert in my car because sometimes you just need that little bundle of joy And whether that little bundle of joy is an actual trip to a music festival or to somewhere out West or whatever, wherever it is you want to go, sometimes you don't always have time for that bundle of joy. But I think just like we kind of talked about earlier, find your joy and don't lose it. You've got to have at least one thing every single day or three things like your friend said to do because residency is a marathon and not a sprint. And as a marathon runner, I can tell you, do not lose steam in the first 5K. You're going to be miserable. You've got 23 miles left to go. It ain't fun. You're going to be hurting. So you can make your life a little bit easier if you choose to take a little bit of time to take care of you. I love that. That's going to be the title of the episode. So that is it, guys. So all of all of the resources listed by Ashley Hamadi are in the show notes. So the little red book. Um, links to 
big music festivals coming up, maybe I can do something like that. Um, wellness activities, you guys should really, really be taking care of yourself. Residency is hard, med school is hard, being a pre-med is hard. Be patient with yourself and remember that you've gone this far. You can keep going. Remember to follow me on Instagram to check out my journey, message me, ask for my advice. I am all ears. That is at dear.do.pod. You can check out my website if you want to submit a question anonymously at deardopod.com. There are submission boxes where you can fill them out and I will get a notification saying that somebody filled it out. Um, and remember to give a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this. It really means a lot to me. And share this with a friend. That would be the ultimate gift to me is just sharing it with one person in your med school class. So have a great day, guys.